this is Kelly Francis with the Devil Trouble Podcast, a podcast about my seven-and-a-half-month-old twin girls, my husband, and my life. I have a ton of stuff to talk about this time. It's been a week or so, or three maybe, (laughs) since the last podcast, so we'll see how much I can get recorded before the girls wake up. Um, So where to start? Well, the biggest piece of news is that Ramsey has started to crawl, and I'm very excited, and it's very cool, but man, things are different now. (laughs) I mean, like, as soon as she realized, it was probably a day or two after she really started, she realized that she could get the things, particularly things that she shouldn't be getting to. Like, for instance, we have a media center which is like um, a computer that runs your TV and you can use it like a TiVo or a DVR. But it's like a computer in the middle of our living room and it's in the entertainment center, but it gets really hot because the processor does a lot of work. So we don't keep the front of it closed because it'll overheat and shut down. So Ramsey goes over there and starts grabbing on the cords like every second she can get over there. And just the other day, I was in the kitchen and she was crawling around on the floor and I saw her kind of heading in that direction. And I said, Ramsey, no. And she'd kind of stop and look at me. And then she started kind of giggling and crawling as fast as she could over to that thing before I could get to her. I thought that was so crazy. (laughs) So things are a lot different now. I really have to um, contain really both of them. I mean, Allegra's not actively crawling yet, but man, she's working on it hard. She's up on her hands and knees, rocking back and forth all the time, all day now. I think she's jealous because Ramsey's getting where she wants to and Allegra isn't, but she rolls a lot and she can really kind of get around. So we did put up one gate, which is just down the stairs. We're in a rancher, but the basement's finished. So that one stairway is closed off. And we haven't put up any of the gates between the rooms yet just because it hasn't really been necessary. And I've been trying to corral them with, like, pillows. They don't seem to understand that they can climb over pillows yet. (laughs) So for right now, that's working. And we also have a Superyard XT that my grandparents got us for the baby shower, which is awesome. But I haven't... I've I've pulled it out once or twice and haven't quite decided where I really want it to permanently live. And maybe it won't be like that. Maybe I'll just move it around all the time. But it's kind of big, so it's not something that I want to just, like, leave out in the middle of the living room. Unless I can find, like, a corner where it could really sit. So, anyway, I'm trying to figure that out. But the saddest part about Ramsey starting to crawl is here I am, a stay-at-home mom. I'm here with them 24-7, and I went off to church. This is, what, like, two Sundays ago. Dan was here with the girls, and she started to crawl while I was at church. Can you believe that? It was so unfair. (laughs) But it was nice that Dan got to see it. So that's just crazy and life-changing. And I'm really expecting Allegra to be close behind. I I would be surprised if she's, you know, even more than a couple weeks before she's actively crawling. Now, Ramsey, when she crawls, though, it's not like hands and knees. She's kind of starting to get up on her hands and knees and work with that. But when she's actively crawling, it's more of like a I feel like it's like an army man going underneath a barbed wire like she's just scooting along the ground my mom calls it um the aquaman like she's trying to swim on land and it really does look like that she also started saying dada I guess about a week or so ago about the same time and she does it the same way Allegra does when she's mad that's when it comes out I think that's awesome (laughs) because I'm like oh they're calling for you honey you better go get them (laughs) And the other thing is that now that she's crawling, I thought that that was going to make 
her less frustrated with life. And it seems like it's making her more frustrated. She doesn't know what she wants, but she always wants something that she doesn't have right now. She's just always crying. It's very frustrating. And it's not something that can be solved. If I pick her up, it, she doesn't stop crying. And before, at least that was always the gold standard. Or if I gave her the pacifier, she'd stop crying. And the pacifier <laughs> helps some. If she's really making a fuss, I'll give her the pacifier. And then I'll quiet it down. It'll muffle it a little. But she'll still whine with it in her mouth. It's just, it really is, I think that she's just unhappy, wants something else, and she doesn't know what she wants, and she can't tell you what she wants, and she's frustrated. So I don't know when the end of that's going to be, probably never, probably three years from now. <laughs> At least Allegra is, like, the happiest little baby these days, so I'm only dealing with one of them being fussy like that. Uh, so what else is going on? We started, same time, like a week ago, we started with Cheerios. Because I was kind of waiting for the teeth to come in, but my neighbor with twins, she was like, don't wait, it could be forever, you know, you could be waiting for six months before the teeth come in. So we started the Cheerios, and that has gone over so great. And we actually also got these little Gerber finger puff things that they sell in the grocery store that I think are a little bit easier. They're, um, they're a little bit bigger, so they're easier to pick up, and they melt quicker. And the Cheerios, they seem to kind of choke on a little, I wouldn't say choke, but gag on them. Like they get them in the back of their throat and they don't know what to do with them. So the puffs are a little bit easier that way. But especially Ramsey is so great with them. She can pick them up with her first finger and her thumb, like between the two fingers and stick it in her mouth. She's really, it was so fast, her picking that up. And Allegra has been slower, but she's getting there. As of like yesterday, I actually saw her pick one up and put it in her mouth. And it, it took her a little longer than Ramsey, but I was surprised. I thought, geez, we should have started this two months ago if they were already that ready for it. It's really cool. It's, and now you can, like, if they're really hungry, you sit them in the high chair and put a pu couple puffs on their, their tray, and they'll sit there happy as little ducks for a while as you get the food ready. So it buys you a little bit more time. But Ramsey, once she figured out what was going on, now she'll take fistfuls and try and shove it all in her mouth at once. So I have to be more careful with her and only give her a couple. Uh, so what else? Um, oh, we also started stage three foods about the same time. And they're really kind of cool. One of them we gave them, I guess we've only given them this one yet so far, just because of the timing to introduce new foods. But it's called chicken noodle. And it's kind of like chicken noodle soup without, like concentrated chicken noodle soup without the extra water added in there. And it smells really good. But we give them their baby food at room temperature. We give them everything at room temperature just because I'm partially lazy and partially because I like the convenience of then I don't have to worry about warming it up when we're out somewhere. So we've always done everything room temperature and they don't seem to mind. But I tasted, I taste almost everything they eat and I tasted that chicken noodle stuff and I was like, this really needs to be warm. <laughs> it really bothers me eating it cold like this. But I resisted the temptation. I have not heated it up for them yet. But that's pretty cool, the stage three stuff. And I was talking to my sister, her son's 11 months and... She said that they're basically out of baby food now, that they're mostly on to just little, you know, chopped up pieces of stuff. So that's pretty quick. I mean, that's not long from now. So that's kind of cool. I mean, I guess it's kind of cool on the one hand, especially because baby food's not the cheapest thing on the planet. But on the other hand, that adds more work because you got to chop up all the stuff and cook stuff specifically for them. But I think it'll be fun. So something else that's going on is... Ramsey, right before we went 
to San Diego. I might have mentioned this on the last podcast. She came down with this horrible, horrible, horrible case of diaper rash. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen. And it was instantaneous. It was like one diaper, she was fine. And the next diaper, there was this horrible rash. And it might have been overnight. I don't really remember. Probably. And I had switched her from... She's been on Isomil, which is soy formula, forever because she has bad eczema and um, has lots of spit up and stuff and is actually on Zantac. And I've been kind of trying to get her back on regular formula because I heard a pediatrician on somebody else's podcast talk about how babies really shouldn't be on the soy formula if it's at all possible because the regular milk is better for them and there aren't long-term studies done about what the soy does to the kids and everything. So I've been trying to get her back. Just like as I get the rash under control, because there's, you know, there's no real proof what it is that's causing all these problems for her. We're just assuming, because I've tried all kinds of things with the laundry and all kinds of other things, we're assuming that it's something she's eating. So anyway, every once in a while, I'll try and switch her back. And I did, right before San Diego, try to switch her back to regular Similac, and poof, this diaper rash, which is supposed to be a sign of an allergy. So I switched her back to Isomil. Now... When she had the bad diaper rash, there was, like, bumps involved. So the doctor prescribed this yeast infection cream because they said the bumps could indicate that there was a yeast problem. So we've been using that. But then a week or so goes by, and the major diaper rash is gone. But she's got this little bit of diaper rash just hanging on, hanging on, hanging on. So first of all, I'm switching back to the seventh-generation diapers, which are the chlorine-free, bleach-free, which have traditionally really helped her with the diaper rash. She hasn't really had any in those diapers. And I switched to Chibi brand Sam's Club diapers. And now all of a sudden diaper rash. And as a matter of fact, Allegra broke out with diaper rash yesterday and I've never seen her with diaper rash. And she's also in the Sam's Club brand. So I think I've proven to myself that going cheap on the diapers is going to cost me something. So (laughs) um, I think I'm going to just switch back to the Pampers for Allegra, 7th generation for Ramsey. Now, the other thing that I learned during this process was my mom took care of Ramsey in Allegra while we were in San Diego, and she was using the yeast cream, but then she was also using just diaper cream on top of it to try and keep the moisture level down. And she was like, why don't you have Desitin? Why are you using these other brands? And one of the brands I had was Balmex, which I always thought was just a direct competitor to Desitin, which I guess it is, but I got some Desitin because she's like, that's the gold standard. So I got some, and the Balmex is not the same as the Desitin. It's, I think it's just a more pleasant version, and it's not as strong. I, don't, I didn't really look at the ingredient list to see what the big difference was, but I got the Desitin out, and it's like concrete. Like, I, I couldn't even get it out of the tube. I thought maybe there was a, I thought there was like a seal on the tube that I needed to remove because it was so hard to get out, but there wasn't. <laughs> So anyway, I get it out, and this stuff smells so bad. And I told my mom, all these memories of childhood start flashing into my mind, I'm sure, because I remember the smell from either my little sister or (laughs) I kind of vaguely remember finding an old tube of it laying around somewhere. It smells funky. And I'm like, this is gross. I can't see myself using this. But I used it, and my God, it's awesome. Diaper rash is gone. There's just no more diaper rash. It's amazing so much better i mean the ball mix does a decent job but it's a lot better than ball mix a lot faster definitely like a lot more effective so i guess it's won me over but boy does it smell bad (laughs) okay so something else this week was 
I mentioned on the last podcast, I think, that we got rid of the baby car seats and we're in regular car seats now. And I did my first grocery store run that way. And what I did was I used the stroller, the double stroller, and pulled a cart behind me. And it was so crazy. It probably wouldn't have been as bad, except I went during the middle of the day so that because I was doing a full grocery run. I mean, this was like a whole load, of, a whole cart full of groceries. So I wanted to make sure there weren't a lot of people in the store and I was going to be bumping into people or whatever. But the downside to that was it was all like grandma's shopping. And boy, did I get stopped 15 times. Oh, twins, they're so cute. What are their names? Same old thing. And it just, it made the whole process more frustrating, of course, because it always does. But pushing the stroller and pulling the cart was just a nightmare. So now I'm trying to figure out if they're big enough to go in the little truck underneath of the grocery cart thing. So I think maybe I'll try it with Dan next time we go to the grocery store. The other thing I can't figure out is, even if they are big enough for that, at least at my grocery store, those carts are kept at, on the outside of the store, right in the front of the store. And what I usually do, at least with the buckets, was I would park next to one of the cart corrals in the middle of the parking lot so I could just hop out, pull a cart, and then stick the buckets in. But now, how do I get both girls over to the front of the store to pick up a cart? Like, do I just lock them in the car and go get a cart and bring it back? And is social services going to be mad at me for that? I don't know. (laughs) But I don't really see another solution. So anyway, I guess we'll try it next time Dan's with me and I have more hands and see if they're even big enough to be in there because I'm just not sure I don't think there's much in the way of seat belts and keeping them sitting up straight and they sit up okay but they're not completely confident sitters at this point if I can get that to work I can see myself going back to the grocery store until that happens I'm not so sure I will go with them (laughs) okay so what else let's talk about shopping stuff well first of all I heard about this website called freecycle.org like recycle.org it's that the first part is free (laughs) from another podcast I think maybe it was baby time and you go and you sign up for your local area so in in Maryland anyway it's divided up by county and then you get on this big mailing list and people say okay so I have a white dresser that I'm getting rid of does anybody want it and you just respond back to the person if you want it and they'll hold it for you and you go pick it up from their house. And the whole concept is that they want things that people are otherwise going to throw away to go to a new home to keep things out of landfills. So everything's completely free. You're not allowed to ask for money or offer money for any item. It's pretty neat. It's especially for baby stuff. I'd say half of the list is baby stuff. People getting rid of infant clothing and baby toys and all kinds of stuff. It's Really cool. I haven't <laughs> gone as far as to actually pick anything up yet. Some of it is, you know, I've got half a pack of Pampers, size 3, but they live half an hour away from me, so the gas money isn't worth it. But I'm sure something will come along. Plus, the other side benefit of that is that it gives you a way to get rid of things that you want out of your house. So if I ever get my life organized enough to get things together to give away, <laughs> that might be a great option, especially for bigger items that it's hard to get rid of So speaking of that, I came to this realization when we were in San Diego that my life is so different now that before work was at work and it was very compartmentalized and then my home stuff was at home. Well now, I have a different feeling about work. Like, 
usually on my last day of vacation, I would be dreading coming home because I knew that I'd be going back to work and that I'd be back in the grind. Well, I didn't have that feeling at all, which I really enjoy. I enjoy that I'm, I don't like dread Mondays like I used to, which is kind of weird because it's not like I didn't like my job. It just... I don't know. It was work, you know, and I certainly have work at home. But since it's just family stuff that I would be doing on the weekends or whatever anyway, it just kind of falls in that family stuff category for me. So it's not as stressful, which is nice. But on the flip side, I was talking to my friend who she works and her kids in daycare and she was talking about how guilty she feels about putting her kid in daycare and how she wishes that she could stay home with him. And I was kind of like, you know, it isn't all it's cracked up to be because I think the downside of staying at home is that because it's work, then on the weekends when it would normally just be playtime with them, it's hard for me to get out of the work mode and enjoy the moments that I have with them. And I've really been trying to shift my focus on that and spend time every day just enjoying them and not worrying about anything else that I need to be getting done around the house because that's the point of this isn't it that I have time to spend with them and enjoy them and especially while they're little so I'm really trying to make that a focus but the fact that my family stuff is now my work stuff all of a sudden I feel like I'm taking on three times as much as I'd ever considered my work and now I feel this tremendous burden all the time that I need to get the house clean and organized. We have we have a basement full of stuff that needs to be gone through and organized and gotten rid of and sold or whatever we want to do with it. And then the house is we're kind of slowly doing things to make it better. I'm like slowly painting the bathroom and the kitchen really needs to be updated. <laughs> I don't know how far we're going to take that as far as how much money we're going to pour into it, but there's lots of things that need to be done with the house. So all those things are like on my to-do list now. And although they were kind of on my to-do list before, it's not the same because now for me it's in my work list, things that need to get done, not things that would be nice to get done. So I feel like I have a larger group of responsibility now that I didn't have before. And I remember talking to my mom before the girls were born about not feeling caught up and how I wanted to feel like I was caught up before they were born. And she goes, yeah, you better, because once you have those kids, you're never going to feel caught up. <laughs> Boy, was she right. <laughs> okay, so back to shopping stuff. About a week or so ago, I started back on eBay again. I love eBay, especially for all this kids stuff. I'm really into getting used kids stuff. I know some people are weird about that. I'm not so weird about it. There's certain things I'm weird about, like the car seats, although we've been given car seats from my sister-in-law. I feel weird about getting used car seats because, you know, even though if I know they haven't been in a car accident, I kind of feel like, you know, the safety standards change every minute and it's just one of those things I feel like it's worth getting a new one for. And new mattresses, I thought that was very important. One thing that I'm, that I'm hoping to get actually tomorrow, I'm going on a shopping trip with my sister and my mom, is shoes for the girls. I'm, I'm planning on getting the little Robbie's shoes that are like little, I guess they're called crib shoes. They're just leather, if you don't know what they are. They're just all the way leather and then the bottom is like a suede. And they're supposed to be kind of machine washable and the idea, they've got you know an orthopedic guy on their website that says that these are better for early walkers because kids 
because really the best thing is for them to be barefoot, but obviously they can't be barefoot all the time. So this is a way for them because of the flexible bottom to use their whole foot, including their toes and be able to curl around things so that they can better feel the ground. I don't know. I'm sure that there's an orthopedic guy on the other side of the coin that says, oh, they should definitely have hard-soled shoes. So I'm not sure how much stock I'm putting in it. But the main reason I want to get them is because the girls don't like wearing socks. They kick them off within 30 seconds after I put them on. And they need to have something on their feet during the winter. And these are supposed to be really great for keeping them on their feet. So I thought we'd try them. And this is one of the things that I really wanted to get new for some reason. I don't know why. I think maybe part of it is a hygienic thing. And t I couldn't tell you why I feel differently about this than I do about clothing. But I do for some reason. So I'm going to pay the big bucks for these. Uh, just a quick mention about the the socks thing. So my sister says that you should always have socks on babies because people who don't put socks on babies are white trash. And it's kind of this running joke between us because she always has her kids in socks and I never have my kids in socks. And the thing I thought was so funny about this was that when I started, I'd, I was just doing a little bit of research about these Robbies just to see what people thought about them, if they really stayed on the kids' feet. And as far as the orthopedic guy went, if that was a real piece of science or not. And I came across this message board. It might have been on Baby Center. I don't remember. And somebody started talking about how, I just think the kids should really be wearing socks and shoes at all times because otherwise they look uncivilized. And then this other woman writes back, my child doesn't wear socks and she's not uncivilized. And how dare you say that? I thought it was so funny. Obviously, other people feel this way, too. <laughs> um, okay, so back to the eBay stuff. I did get for $24, and that included shipping from Canada. It was all shipping, and I think it must annoy people when they put these things up there, and then they end up selling them for a grand total of $4, but I've certainly been there on the selling side. Anyway, I got these coats. They're winter coats. They're pink with white fur trim along the zipper and around the hood. And then they have attached hoods and attached mittens that flip over. And the bottom zips off. It's one of those, it's kind of like a big blanket that covers the whole legs. They're not individual legs. With a hole in the middle for the car seat belt to go through. $24 for two of them that match. And they're totally cute. I'm so excited about this. So they're winter coats. I've got my winter coats done. And then, of course, because then because I save money doing this, I feel like, oh, I can buy more stuff, right? <laughs> so then I bought two 101 Dalmatians coats from the Disney store for like 10 bucks a piece, including shipping, that are for 12-month size. They are so adorable. I can't even tell you. They're the cutest things I've ever seen. And from the same person I got these little mini mouse dresses that are 12 month they're like they're red velvet dresses that just have a little mini mouse in the front perfect for christmas they're totally cute they will go perfectly with a little 101 dalmatian coats i just think they're adorable and they're probably a little yuppie but you know i should be able to do that every once in a while right <laughs> okay so i just wanted to gripe really quickly about something that Two times in the past week, I've had men say to me that staying at home must be such a piece of cake. <laughs> and the weird thing was both of them said it in reference to somebody else who is staying at home. So I guess they didn't think they were making a direct cut on me or I don't know what that was all about. 
But the one case, the guy was talking about another mom with twins who actually has a third child. And we were talking about how he was going out of town for a couple of weeks and his wife is going to be at home alone with their kid. And she works and he works. So anyway, I was saying, oh, well, this woman with the twins and the extra kid, her husband goes out of town for a couple of weeks at a time also. Can you imagine going through that? And he goes, yeah, but you know what? I bet it's a whole lot easier for her because, you know, my wife's going to have to drop him off at daycare and go to work and come pick him back up from daycare and then get him home and feed him and on and on. And I was just like, oh, my God, I cannot believe this guy is saying this to me. Like, even if he took all the daycare logistics piece out of it, this woman has three children <laughs> and you have one child. So just compare that. But anyway, I thought the whole thing was crazy because he was basically saying to me that, you know, what I do is so much easier than what they do. I, and he has nothing to compare that to. He has never stayed home. She has never stayed home. He has no idea what that entails. And I can't believe people are willing to say that to your face when they're just ignorant on the issue. And then the other situation was a guy who was getting divorced and he was, I assume, making a reference to his wife, although it wasn't directly stated that way. But he was talking to another guy who has recently decided to stay home with the kids and said, you know, like, so this is really a piece of cake, right? I mean, staying at home isn't hard at all. And he said, I mean, I was in the conversation and he knows that I'm staying at home. <laughs> and I was like, oh, come on. It is not <laughs> a piece of cake. And actually, the guy who's staying at home kind of backed me up, although he has older kids, so his kids go off to school. And he was saying that, that it's hard when they're home, but during the day he does get a break because they're at school. But that it is a lot more stressful for him because now he's with them a lot longer than he used to be. But anyway, I made the comment, like, come on, you're crazy. And he goes, well, you know, you have to, which is this excuse that I hear people use all the time with when you talk about breastfeeding and when you talk about staying at home or whatever. And people are always like, oh, well, you have twins, so it's different. And I don't know why people say that. I kind of think they're just saying it to make the conversation flow better, maybe, because they realize they offended you and they don't want to offend you. But I don't know. The staying at home thing, I don't think is any easier with one child. I mean, I say that. And my sister and I kind of compare regularly that she has two kids of different ages and I have the twins. And that I really think it's kind of harder to be her in certain respects. But it was certainly easier for her when she only had the one. But I don't think that means it's easy. <laughs> and I think people are really naive in saying that staying at home is a piece of cake and it's the easy way out. And it really irks me when people make that suggestion because, for one thing, I think they just don't understand what it is that I go through every day. And it, it makes me feel unappreciated <laughs> because of the stress and the work that I go through every day. And secondly... I think that it minimizes the sacrifice that Dan and I are making in order to make this happen. I mean, it really makes me crazy when people are like, oh, if we were only lucky enough to be able to afford these things. Well, we're able to afford these things because we choose to make this sacrifice and not have all the stuff that we could have otherwise. And so by making that statement, it, it makes me feel like, oh, you're so lucky because you guys are obviously rolling in it and therefore you can afford to stay at home. And no, that's not true. You know, we just, we don't have new furniture and we don't have new clothes and we can't go out to eat whenever we want to. And 
I just feel like they don't acknowledge the sacrifice that we're making in order to do this for our children. It's frustrating. So anyway. But the other thing that really baffles me about all of this is why do people think that it's okay to just to put you down like that to your face? I mean, it's completely fine if you have a different opinion than me and you don't agree with the decisions that we're making or the way we're living our life. But I don't understand saying that to my face, especially people who are supposed to be my friends. <laughs> I definitely have strong opinions about the daycare thing, and but I wouldn't say that to their face. And I really try to sympathize with people who have these daycare issues and like a friend of mine's going through a situation where they're unhappy with their current daycare and they're trying to find somebody else and I try and sympathize with their situations and understand what they're going through without playing the whole mommy's wars thing and I don't understand people who are who are just going to say condescending things like that to your face especially when they don't understand your situation I just think that it's rude so I guess that's about all for this week feel free to check out my website at doubletroublepodcast.blogspot.com or send me an email at doubletroublepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.